Welcome to this week's edition of the Hot Topics podcast, the place where the global thinkers, innovators and disruptors come to share their thought leadership on the fast-moving tech ecosystem. So this week is a particularly special edition of the podcast and it features some exclusive audio from an interview with the co-founder of Wikipedia, Jimmy Wales, who spoke to us on the eve of Wikipedia's 15-year anniversary. But before we get into that, I will let Jimmy explain his path to creating Wikipedia in his own words from the stage at Maastricht University, where he happens to be an honorary doctorate. So here we are. How did I get here? Um, A lot of times when people think about entrepreneurship, uh, the model they have in their mind um, is really the model of someone like Mark Zuckerberg, who basically uh, didn't have too many failures in his life. Uh, He had one good idea, um, executed incredibly well on it, and at a very young age became incredibly successful. Uh, But that actually isn't a very normal path, and it isn't a very useful model, I think, uh, for people starting out into their careers or thinking about uh, doing something innovative or entrepreneurial, um, the real key to understand is failure. Jimmy Wales is good at it. Um, I went through a lot of different projects, and I'll take you through some of them today, uh, to give you a taste of what it's like uh, to be an entrepreneur in the real world. So early in my career, I was working in Chicago. I was a futures and options trader after having done some graduate work in finance. Um, And I was a really keen user of the internet. I could program. I was doing uh, mathematical programming for my work. Uh, And I suddenly had this brilliant business idea, and I noticed that people were using very inefficient ways to get food at work. They would fax an order to a restaurant, they'd call them on the phone, which was always a bit confusing. Uh, You could send someone from the office to go and get food, and I realized, wow, the internet is perfect for this. Uh, You could put all the restaurants on the internet, and you could order the food and have it delivered, and it would be much, much better. So um, what was the result? Failure. Jimmy Wales is good at it. In 1996, restaurant owners looked at me like I was from Mars. Uh, They had no idea what the internet was. Uh, They had barely heard of the web, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it was completely uh, hopeless. It just, the the timing wasn't right. In fact, today, uh, in Chicago, in New York, in London, in in major cities everywhere, um, there's always a good online food ordering service that has exactly this. So it wasn't a stupid idea, but it was definitely at the wrong time. Uh, one of my next ideas was uh, a site called uh, Three Apes. Uh, this was a search engine. Um, I really still don't understand why this wasn't successful because look at the slogan, type your search and the apes will find it. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's genius. Um, so the brilliant business I he- did here was pay-per-click advertising, uh, but there would be two ways to pay. Uh, it was a very competitive uh, landscape, even back then in the late 90s. You could actually pay to advertise on the search engine, or you could send traffic to the search engine and earn credits, because I thought, well, this way, uh, lots of webmasters, lots of bloggers and people will link to us to earn credits so that they can earn money uh, credits so they can advertise. I thought, well, this is going to be really great. What was the result? Failure. Jimmy Wales is good at it. Uh, Chinese spammers took over the site within three months. Uh, I was getting a lot of traffic uh, and a lot of very strangely worded demands for money. It was quite clear on the website, if you read it in English, that you wouldn't get actual money but just credits towards advertising. Uh, But the whole thing was sort of hopeless. It didn't really catch on. um, And uh, I was getting a lot of angry Chinese people, so that wasn't very helpful. Um, so the next uh, concept I had, uh, Newpedia, uh, here, the brilliant business idea, and this is the predecessor to Wikipedia, is a free encyclopedia for everyone, written by experts, um, and what was the result? Failure. Uh, Jimmy Wales is good at it. I spent about 250000 
dollars uh, getting the first 12 articles through the process. Um, I always joke that I still keep them by my bedside and read them every night. I will get my money's worth someday. Um, but uh, basically what happened here, same vision as Wikipedia, a free encyclopedia for everyone, the same type of inspiration coming from the world of free software, open source software, um, but I really didn't know how to go about it. I thought uh, I, I had hired a PhD in philosophy to help me organize it. Uh, he argued correctly, based on what we knew at the time, that it needed to be super academic in order to be uh, successful. It needed to be super ap- academic or people wouldn't trust it, which is, of course, an echo of, uh, you know, sort of issues around Wikipedia today, which is people don't necessarily trust it. And so he was right, but in the end, he was wrong, I was wrong, uh, because the, the system was so oppressive to the volunteers, it was really, really hard to get involved, um, and it, it wasn't. So then, as I was realizing that Newpedia was a failure... Uh, thinking about shutting it down, not sure what to do. Um, Then I had a really dumb idea. A free encyclopedia for everyone, but let anyone edit it. Have no advertising, no sane business plan of any kind. So the original vision for Wikipedia was for all of us to imagine a world in which every single person on the planet is given free access to the sum of all human knowledge. And that's what we're doing at Wikipedia. This has a lot of implications. Um... Every single person on the planet means that we're inherently global. Um, We're in over 200 languages. Uh, We're in every country of the world. Free access means uh, something very special. It means not just it doesn't cost anything to access Wikipedia, but everything in Wikipedia is freely licensed. So you can copy it, modify it, redistribute it. Um, It's really there as a commons for people to draw on and use in whatever way they would like. And this project has uh, become an incredible success. Uh, We have now over 32 million articles across 287 languages, um, and we have over 500 million unique visitors every month. So Wikipedia has really become a part of the infrastructure of the world uh, in a way that's really um, kind of amazing to, to contemplate and to think about. There's definitely no denying that, but as you heard from the man himself, entrepreneurship is certainly not a straight path. Although I must say, some of the ideas, particularly about the food delivery service, that was pretty good. Although perhaps his timing was a little bit off. Anyway, the numbers really do speak for themselves. And Wikipedia has revolutionised the way that we come to get information on the internet. It represents a cultural shift where individuals are stumbling across new information along the way. I mean, how many times have you been looking up a particular topic and been sidetracked along the way by something else? It's these new connections that are created on this journey to information that make it such a valuable tool and actually are quite often overlooked. And the key to all this really are those individuals making up the site itself. It's a community of individuals that share knowledge amongst one another. They debate it amongst themselves, and there are even message feeds within the site. It has a surprisingly high level of accuracy too. The academic journal, Nature, put its accuracy to the test against the Encyclopedia Britannica. The tests worked by basically taking a bunch of sample articles from each source, and the results were pretty amazing. From all the articles they took on Wikipedia, they found 162 errors in comparison to 123 from the Encyclopedia Britannica. Collective intelligence really can work. The problem, however, comes from the sheer openness of the information itself, and this is especially true in countries trying to keep citizens from seeing certain information. And this is very much true for China. Uh, The Chinese central government has two main ways of controlling what its citizens see on the web. You have the Great Firewall, as it's called by foreigners, which is a system of limiting access to foreign websites. So this started in the late 1990s, and then you also have Golden Shield, which is a system for domestic surveillance, 
set up in 1998 by the Ministry of Public Security. What's more is that separate government departments, along with local and provincial administrations, also have their own monitoring systems too. And this has caused quite a lot of problems for Wikipedia, as Jimmy explains from the IP Expo Europe stage. Uh, one of the countries that people are always very interested in, and, and with good cause, uh, is China. Uh, so Wikipedia in China, um, we've been subject over the years to a lot of different problems in China. Um, one of the, the, the biggest problems has been direct censorship. So for a long period of time, for about three years, we were completely banned in China. Uh, then around the time of the Beijing Olympics, uh, Wikipedia was uh, opened up. The Chinese had a period of liberalization of the Internet. Uh, and they opened up and they allowed access to almost all of Wikipedia, uh, but they were filtering certain pages. So they were filtering pages um, about the usual suspects, uh, things that are sensitive issues in China. So uh, the Tiananmen Square incident, uh, the artist Ai Weiwei, uh, the... Uh, uh, there's a, a religious cult called Falun Gong. Uh, these are the kinds of things that they were filtering just those pages, anything having to do with Taiwanese independence. And so uh, we reached a period, I, I've been to Beijing a couple of times, and the minister who's in charge of censoring the internet has been to see me in San Francisco a couple of times. And we were kind of an equilibrium for a long time, where most of Wikipedia was accessible there, uh, but a handful of pages filtered. Uh, we've made it a principle that we will never cooperate uh, with uh, censorship of Wikipedia. So unlike uh, uh, Google and a lot of the other internet giants who went into China and made a choice to participate in the censorship regime, uh, we've always taken a very principled stand. My view is that access to knowledge is a fundamental human right. Uh, it's a corollary of the right of freedom of expression uh, and that it would be inappropriate for us given our mission to give free knowledge to the world, to ever participate uh, in government censorship. It's a pretty odd thought, the idea of having information blocked from view by your very own government, although what it does really highlight is the sheer disruptive power of communities. And this is something which Hot Topics discussed with Jimmy himself. I mean, Facebook and Twitter have virtually no control over the news. They have virtually no control over the information that flows through their platform. Mm -hmm. So the, I suppose the people who are holding them accountable are the users, um, right, who really wouldn't tolerate any attempt to control what they're sharing and what they're saying to their friends. So um, that's not really a concern I have. In fact, I think our general trend in society is incredibly beneficial um, in the sense that we have these open platforms. Um, we have to make a reasonable comparison to the era, you know, before where a very small handful of people um, sort of network television owners, radio station owners, newspaper owners, um, had complete control of the flow of information. And um, obviously there, there was always a competitive landscape, so it was never, um, you know, uh, completely one party, except in places where those uh, things are controlled by the governments. Um, but now even that is, is, uh, is gone. Um, there's really no uh, ability for anybody to prevent people from talking about and thinking about whatever they want to think about, and that's a huge step forward. Yes, the aim of Wikipedia is to provide uncensored information to individuals around the world, but one of its other key aims is to provide access to the information itself. So, as it stands, around 3.2 billion people have access to the internet, and that's amazing, but it's fewer than half of the 7 billion or so people on Earth. And while internet access was once a luxury, it is quickly becoming essential as the world's commerce, educational resources and entertainment moves online. Fortunately, there's no shortage of schemes to bring internet to underserved countries. 
And that's ranging from low-orbit satellites to high-altitude balloons all the way to the crazy, uh, including drones too. Some analysts have criticised these projects, arguing that they won't deliver internet access at prices people in the developing world can actually afford. And they say it's a bit like trying to make up for a lack of roads by building cars but don't necessarily need them. So you've got billionaires like Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg who are plotting to wire the unwired. And they have a long way to go, but some of them are actually proving pretty successful. Wikipedia, however, are taking a slightly different approach, which Jimmy explained to us. Um, Yeah, well, so obviously one of the biggest challenges in the developing world is access to the Internet. Um, People who don't have access to the Internet or for whom access to the Internet is very expensive um, aren't likely to benefit much from Wikipedia, which is exclusively online for the most part. Sure. But that's changing very, very quickly. Um, the uh, rates of internet access um, across Africa are skyrocketing now. Um, the accessibility of um, smartphones, so the, the cheapest um, 3G Android smartphones are under $50 now, which means that uh, hundreds of millions of people are getting access to the internet for the first time. And uh, for a very, very small price, they're able to get access. And that's really um, a huge cultural uh, change that I don't even think we've come to really understand yet um, what that's going to mean for the world. Um, and so for us, you know, in, in our part, we one of the things we do is we have a program called Wikipedia Zero where we negotiate with carriers to uh, give free access, no data charges for Wikipedia. Mm. Um, that's... Uh, I would say, a fairly temporary phenomenon because the price of data is falling fast enough uh, that in just a few years' time, it, you know, it's sort of like we, we don't try to offer free sort of no data charges access to Wikipedia in uh, Europe and the U.S. because what's the point? It's, yeah. it's not um, Netflix or something, really, <laughs> yeah. that sucks up your internet connection. It's very lightweight anyway. Um, and, but that... I think has been quite important. And then the other thing is we focus a lot on our communities in the developing world because one of the things we know is that we need to uh, support those communities and grow the encyclopedia in those languages because the goal of Wikipedia is a free encyclopedia for everyone in their own language. Um, And there's a lot of work to be done there. So that goal of Wikipedia is is not finished. you know we're we're really uh, big uh, these days, and certainly if you speak, uh, you know English, French, German, Chinese, Japanese, you know any of the major languages of the world, we're pretty far along. But there's still um, a lot of work left to do uh, to make sure that every single person on the planet has access. So uh, that's really my main goal. So there you have it, and that concludes this episode. Make sure you keep your eyes peeled, though, for a second episode where we go in-depth on education with Jimmy Wales. Thank you very much for listening, and if you want to see more content just like this, visit hottopics.ht.